0: Welcome to Friday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and on this occasion I am joined once again by Mr. Joel Sked. Hello, Joel. Hello, Craig. Hello. Now we're back. We're back again with the top 12s. We've moved on now. So we've done goalkeepers, we've done centre-backs, we've done full-backs. Now we're into the midfield. Now if you are... A long time listener of the show, or even going back as far as last season, then you will know that in the past we have done, we've cut up the midfield, we've done it similar to defenders, and that we've done, you know, wider players and central players. However, uh, due to a, a steady supply of griping uh, from the other guys in the chat, uh, we have decided to change it up this year because they've been asking for a while to change it to kind of like defensive midfielders and central midfielders, so like number eights, if you will, and then the rest would just be down as attacking midfielders. So that will be the next podcast, will be the top 12 attacking midfielders. Joel, this was done with a view to
1: making this easier to do. Was this any easier? (laughs) Um, No, but imagine trying to do top 12 central midfielders of the ball. It would have been... (laughs) It would be it's somewhat easier because there'd just been like seven Rangers players, um, maybe two or three Celtic players, and Jackson Irvine yeah. and Hachimadoffin. <laughs> do, you know, do you know the thinking?
0: Yeah, do you know what the problem is? Is it the thinking? Is that yes? It does make the centre midfielders one a wee bit easier than before, or at least it makes it a lot more kind of representative of the league as a whole. Mm. Uh, if Celtic had a particularly good season, then that might not have been the case but in this year it certainly made my my list a bit more representative than it might have otherwise been if it was just certain midfielders because you'd have to have like David Turnbull in there even though Christie's not had a good season he would have to be in there you know Joe Rebo would have to be in there for Rangers Scott Arfield these are guys that we've not considered for this one but at the same time it would then make the wide players one a bit more representative. So now we've just got this one that's difficult, and then we've just got another one that's just equally difficult. Will be coming up next week
1: or on two weeks' time. So I take it. I take it we're still doing a different wide player to attacking midfield. No. Okay, so they're all all, all joined. Yeah, together. that was that was what people. That was what the guys in the
0: group chat wanted. Okay, I mean, if we split them up, I don't think there'd be quite enough guys who are just out and out wide players. And plus, yeah, just... that's
1: because there's quite a lot of uh, players. Obviously, a lot of teams playing wing backs. And yeah, and what's,
0: what's Ryan Kent is Ryan Kent a winger or is he an attacking midfielder
1: that's the one even though I was, it was painstaking trying to get this 12 sorted in the back of my mind I thought fuck me what is Ryan Kent how are we going to decide Ryan Kent uh, but yeah that's um, that, that's a problem for next week
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a problem for we'll kick that problem down the, down the line which is typically what I like to do with any problem or anything that needs sorted in general in, in life yes. really
1: right. easiest way to do it
0: anyway right so Right, get to the number twelve. So I've put mine in a weird order. I've put mine one to twelve for some reason. So I'm having to scroll down here. Right, I've got them here. Right, there's a few. There was three guys that I came very. There was four guys that came very close to putting on the list. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say any of the ones for now because there, there's a chance that you've got. Uh, I'd say at least two of them, but there was one more that I'll, I'll say that I don't have at the moment, and I don't. I don't have either Scott Brown or Ishmael Asoro.
1: No, I knew right.
0: I thought uh, I could I thought I could make a case for Brown because while he's not had a very good season by his standards, he still had some good games. He still does a lot of things at the Scottish Premiership level very well. The problem is now that he's he's no longer at this age. that's uh, probably no longer a Celtic caliber player so he looks worse than in the maybe he actually is. and also, I don't think that team was really fitting him at all this season. With the kind of, if we think that Brendan Rodgers kind of revitalised his career, then kind of how everything went stagnant under Lennon and that kind of brand of football didn't bring the best out of him. And I think you could see this coming, even like the the year before where he didn't. We played quite well last last season, but not kind of still far below his best. And and at the end of the day. I was gonna make a point about maybe he should be in it and maybe be a bit controversial, but then I was like, Ugh. I mean, we've talked to Brown enough of these top 10 he He's been they must have been in it every single year since we started doing this, which would have been, I don't know, about two thousand and thirteen, something like that. So I think like the that. easiest
1: I think the easiest way to uh kind of almost rule out Brown is that <clears throat> he has effectively been a hindrance to Celtic's performance this season. And I don't think he can get into a, a top twelve list. When you have been um, somewhat of a hindrance to your own team, I,
0: I, I wanted to change it up just to be uh, not to be boring and, and yeah. to bring a bit more kind of, like I say, like I said before, a bit more variance to the list.
1: And then sorrow, I never bought into the hype around sorrow. Looks like a decent enough player. I'd like to see a lot more of him uh, going forward. But uh, I think a lot of the the positivity around sorrow was the fact that he wasn't Scott Brown.
0: Yeah, I think he could kind have of fitted in the Celtics team a bit more than Brown because he had a bit more mobility, so he yeah. could kind of allow those other guys that are a bit more kind of attack minded to, to kind of do their thing. <clears throat> uh, whereas Brown was just getting caught out enough, uh, caught out too many times because he clearly doesn't have the legs that he used to. Which I mean, fair enough. The guy's thirty five. Yeah, uh, although I will say, and I did say this, I think I said this last. I've said <laughs> said this a few times. Scott Brown, the amount of times he would say, "Ah, I keep proving everybody wrong." It's like, "Oh, well, eventually we're going to be right." So I wouldn't be that smug about it. Yeah, um, time always the- wins in the end. And time has won. Yes, It'll be interesting to see what he does. At Aberdeen next year. If it was a Derek McInnes Aberdeen, I think he would actually do very well, and maybe would get himself back in a top twelve. But
1: with Stephen Glass's plans for, I give until it, I give until Guy Fox night before it's decided that he is essentially a coach.
0: <laughs> okay, that's a good over under. Anyway, right, let's get to the list. Right, my number two. I agonised over this for ages. Uh, there was there was a couple of guys that. I kind of wanted to put in I'll, I'll see if they come crop up later but in the end I went for somebody who and then I decided this on who was playing for the better team who made a, a very good impact to his team and also who was in our list last season who has played well and doesn't deserve to drop out just because the competition has gone up a bit and so I've got Alex Gogitch of Hibs he was on my long list. He does not make my my short list. That That's fair enough. I think we're going to have a bit more variance in this one than we will have in, in any other previous ones we've done in
1: terms of kind of who,
0: which players make up our lists.
1: So I yeah, think got, so. Go, you're talking about your list. I've got two players here who... Um, basically, kind of his reputation slash team they play for has pushed them into, um, and kind of previous has pushed them into into the list. Whereas they are, I, I could I could certainly make a case for Gogic being in in ahead of them. Gogic, I think he's been he's been fine. I think he's been decent. He's been good, uh, good enough, uh, but he, he was he was. I, I think I wrote down about twenty two names, whittled it down to. Fourteen or uh, whittled down to sixteen. He was in the sixteen. Then was just ruthless.
0: Yeah, I've decided to keep him in because it's just the fact that it's kind of it's mainly the impact thing—the impact that he's made on Hibs. Um, he plays a very specific role for Hibs, and it's one of those ones where you can maybe say if, he, if he's asked to do it on a different team, then maybe he doesn't do that role well. But he was asked to do the same role at Hamilton, then he done that very well, and he's gone into Hibs, and he's probably taking his play even up a level, arguably. He's very good at interception. He does all the defensive things. That's the thing. Mm. He doesn't doesn't do much to impact the game further forward. And this is going to be a a kind of maybe a running theme through my list and kind of me maybe being a bit harsh on guys who are just out-and-out defensive midfielders who don't contribute as much to the attack because it's just if you can do things well defensively and you can do things well going forward, then aren't you just better than somebody who's just an out-and-out defensive midfielder? Although... Some guys who are just out and out defensive midfielders make massive impacts to games, and I think Gogic is that. If you look at the just the overall play of Hibbs' midfield and Hibbs as a team in general, looking back to last season when you had that midfield that was completely unbalanced uh, for whatever for whatever reason, Paul Heckerbottom thinks that a team doesn't need a, a defensive midfielder. I certainly don't think he was right about Hibbs, and Gogic has shown that that team was badly missing one last year, and he just does that. That said the game well. Like I say, intercepts well, uh, gets stuck in. Uh, one of the best, kind of most tenacious players in the league. Uh, good at winning the ball back. Maybe fouls a bit too much, but that's... It could be a little bit rash, but that's probably about it. He's had some... He has had some poor games, uh, but he's also had some excellent games as well. I think even though he was later sent off, I think we'd have to say that the the Scottish Cup quarter final against Motherwell up until that moment, he was, you know if not the best player on the pitch, then certainly one of them.
1: Mm. He, I think, I think he's probably, he, he's grown uh, as uh, the more, the more he's been at Hibs, I think he's, he's become more prominent. I think he's probably, probably come a bit more for refined, rounded, rounded players. He, he didn't. I don't think he had a had a great start. Again, he was he was fine to start with, but it wasn't i uh, I don't know. It was like like um a massive impact straight away. The, the one thing I would say is I've got I've got other hips players in in here. So he was he was one of those where it was like I've had to sacrifice someone. Sacrifice Gogic, and this is this is my thing. Is like I'm. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I've sac perhaps sacrifice the wrong player.
0: <laughs> no, I've, uh, I've got three hip flares as well. Okay. So I think you can guess who the other two are. Uh, yeah, the other two, two are a wee bit further up. Right, who's your number 12? My number 12 is Jake Doyle Hayes. I have him, by of have him uh, high. I had him initially massively higher, <laughs> but I, I kind of took a second look at the list and calmed myself down a little bit. And now I have him a uh, still a few spots higher, to be fair.
1: So Jake, he's, he's another one. <laughs> Throughout the season, I've gone through patches watching teams. Like for example, if some some uh, and I've watched quite a lot of the team that interests me. But depending on how teams are doing, if they're doing really poorly or uh, or, or well, and again depends who uh, what we're covering on the podcast or to the uh, just to the, the, the terms of the games, I found myself. Uh, Seem to watch St. Mirren. Sorry, I seem to watch St. Mirren when they weren't doing great, uh, and then I would, I would I would read and hear about um, the different players, and Jake Doyle Hayes always seemed to get mentioned in terms of his impact and influence on 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 the team. So he was the reason he's twelve is because again, when I've watched St. Mirren, he's never really stood out to me. He's never, um, but it's because I've probably caught, gone in to watch St. Mirren kind of uh, with a focus on him and seeing and expecting him to do uh, these, these wonderful things. He's never really reached those those wonderful things, but I think the, the, the fact that like St. Benham fans love him, they were absolutely delighted when... Um, did, he, did he sign a new contract? Or if he didn't sign a new contract, they were um, eager, certainly eager for him to be signed up on a longer term. Just that I think the he's the type of player that you want in a Scottish midfield, who is capable of basically just capable of running, getting in the road, but he's a, a, a decent football uh, decent football player as well.
0: Uh I'm just reading the record article here, Samir looked to have hit a bump in the road in their bid to tie Jake O'Day, Jake Jake Doyle Hayes down to a new contract. Looks like he's future lies elsewhere. agent could Currently exploring other options. Blow for something other than that because uh, I will I will soon wax lyrical about Jake Dolha's. That article came out last month. I can't see anything else to say he signed a new deal since then. No, he hasn't. He's still out of contract at the end of the season. If I was a team, uh, especially maybe a team coming up, mm-hmm. I would maybe have a look at him. I've seen him now plays a maroon, maybe?
1: So I, I I am I'm looking forward to yeah uh, because you've probably you, you've probably seen him uh, perform better than, better than me so I'm looking forward to see what you say but basically he's 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 came into twelve because of more of what I have. Um, the, the the opinion of people I trust and the opinions of St and fans again the, 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 the fans who watch them week in week out are um are massive and should certainly be taken into account and that's why he has been in at 12 and he is hopefully someone that stays in Scottish because I want to watch want to watch more of him hopefully see him on uh on Sunday as well
0: right my number 11 is St Johnson midfielder Liam Craig
1: I do have him in my list as well. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've been swithering, I've been swithering. Um, I, yes, I will, um, I've got him 11th at the moment, I've got a bump him higher, but yeah, I've, I've got him 11th as well. So you've got him 11th as well,
0: yeah. so we've both got Craig, right. So yeah, uh, kind of, it's funny what he's now become, Liam Craig, is because we kind of remember him earlier in his career as kind of an attacking uh, midfielder, often playing on the left uh, for St John's to move to house where he's was more of a centre midfielder didn't work out goes back to St John's it kind of works out but he's still kind of known known for kind of his passing range kind of being a bit more creative but as he's gotten older he's kind of retreated into a more kind of defensive role I think it's certain to say when he plays especially when he plays alongside Ali McCann then he's the one who'll do a bit more sitting allowing McCann to go forward a bit more but at the same time Liam Craig is still excellent. And even in this deeper role, it's setting up shooting opportunities for teammates. I mean, I think some of that will be due to set-piece delivery. But then again, mm. I mean, Craig Conway and David Wotherspoon still take a lot of set-pieces for St. Johnson as well, I think. So it's not like he's taken all of them. Um, I,
1: think the, I think the two the, the, the two things that stand out, statistically, I'll, I'll, talk on, I'll come on to talk about them is how I see him, but statistically is the fact that he's got the fourth most final third entries in the, in the Scottish Premiership. And then the second most interceptions. So there's yeah. like just two two sides to that game. And he's not that he's not a defensive midfielder. He's not a defensive midfielder in the natural sense who's going to charge at a tackle, charge around the pitch. It's a lot more about um, basically game intelligence. He he reads the game well. He allows Saint um, Saint Johnson to build. So that's him like out of possession. Uh, sorry, when he's not got the ball, it allows them to build uh, when. St. Johnson have the ball, but he's not on it. He allows him to build because uh, because he'll sit and he'll give a platform uh, for others, like, for example, David Willerspoon uh, to get on the ball in and, um, and the areas he likes to get on. But then he also is, helps him build, like I said, fourth most final third entries. He gets the ball and he is positive with it. He's ac- relatively accurate, accurate with it as well. So he does he does a bit of... Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just, just got a, a tail wagging in the camera there. Um <laughs> Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My cat
0: Nacho, who's just been sleeping the entire day. As soon as I start the podcast, he's like, "Yo, what attention now?" Yep.
1: He, uh, but if, there, if there's someone who deserves attention is Liam Craig because he has had a he has had a very very good season and uh, understated because there's lots of St. Johnson players have done uh, done very very well. He is experienced. Experienced. I think he his presence makes Saint Johnson play better, collectively and individually.
0: Right, number 10 on my list. Now, this is going to be controversial, and you're going to follow it with me.
1: You're about to say Haki Medoffer, aren't you? I am, but
0: I don't, I, I, didn't like, I don't like this myself, right? And this is what I was saying earlier about Gogic. I'm probably, I'm maybe too harsh on, on guys who are just defensive midfielders <laughs> and don't do as much kind of going forward in terms of setting up teammates or, you know, playing passes in the final third or, you know, that kind of thing. Getting on the ball a lot, you know, passing the ball a lot, but there's no doubt that he makes a massive impact on on football games. Um, you can maybe say as well that the fact that he has been moved around this season, and it's not a huge sample size, um, because of that, maybe played against him in my mind as well when I was trying to like compare him to to some of the other guys. Like when I was trying to, I, I set a, a top five, and then I had I had Craig and Goggin to the bottom, and then from ten until five or ten until six. I had, I had a dolphin higher originally, a Doyle Hayes higher originally than where they have finally ended up. And kind of eventually the kind of thing I landed on in, in trying to make up my mind was that a few of these other guys, we've seen them do it before for longer. And that just, with it just being so hard to separate them, that just counted a little bit more for me. And also as well, like with a dolphin, the fact that he doesn't do much on the on the attacking end uh, took away from me as well. But it's undoubtedly that he is just uh, somebody who just... I mean, fucks shit up in the, in the <laughs> midfield. Uh, I mean, brilliant at like winning fouls. Brilliant, uh, brilliant at winning fouls, but doesn't give away too many fouls himself, which for a destroyer is very impressive, mm. it has to say. Uh, but excellent at interceptions. Excellent at, at winning the ball back for his team. Uh, just battles hard. Gets into so many defensive deals. Goes after so many loose balls. You know, gets that as we talked about, Gorgage builds that foundation for in which Hamilton can attack. Uh, not quite the same, but uh, still, it doesn't matter what kind of level you are in the league. You, you still need players like that to help you. And there's no doubt he's been huge for them this season. Another reason as well that he's way down at tenth is that he does play for the worst team in the league.
1: That's true. That's true. I'll um, I'll I'll save my. Uh, a dolphin love for higher up we get to number two (laughs) (laughs) there's a funny story about that so we'll we'll see we'll see right okay so who's your number 10 my number 10 is Ross McCrory I did not have him at all so he was the one I was whether about whether putting on he land because that again when I was talking about Liam Craig was I was kind of to push Craig above him. I can see why you don't have him because he didn't. He's he's kind of been moved around uh, this season, and he's really only had one kind of burst, uh, burst of uh, kind of game time where he's he, he's looked he's looked really good. I just really really like watching. Him. I think when Aberdeen played at their best, uh, it was because McCrory was was in there, and I mean. It wasn't solely because McCrory was in there, it was because McInnes was able to pick a competent 11, which balanced, kind of had an equal, equilibrium about it. McCrory, I think, when when that was the case, was arguably their best player. I say arguably, because obviously you would write in Hedges when they combined a really, really good uh, McCrory. I just, I just like his... All action style. His ability to pass the ball, his ability to carry the ball from A to B, his ability to break up plays, ability to just get in the road. I like, kind of looking forward. It's uh, you're kind of concerned whether he's actually going to continue. Or he's going to be a centre midfielder under glass because you look at the I brought in Scott Brown. They've got Lewis Ferguson. He's he's played the uh, Dean Campbell a bit more. I uh, kind of uh, he's kind of refined his role a bit more and um, the style of
0: football he's talking about playing style well. football, you, you wouldn't yeah. you think that a midfield three of McCroney Ferguson and Brown would be conducive to that
1: no no so which is same so I think he this is um, this is probably going to be his one and only appearance on <laughs> on the <this>, uh, Sermichielder <laughs> list uh, but I, I, I felt I completely understand why some some fans uh, would be thinking why you've got him and not X, Y and Z who I might mention later on totally understand that, but I just really, really enjoyed his spell where he was um he was just uh kind of almost dominant in that center of uh, Aberdeen's play.
0: It was. It was excellent in that time. And had he played like he did from what was saying, August to November, um late November, then yeah, I mean he definitely would have been on the list, probably would have been quite high up on it, but similar together the way I left off Tommy Hoban on my on my top twelve centre backs. Just don't think he's had a very good 2021, 20, mm. and because because of the fact that we've not seen him a whole lot uh, in his career, it's just there's not enough for me to go into to put him in my twelve.
1: Yeah, so there's there's one player who I think you will have, I don't have, but who I'm a massive fan of. Uh, that's probably will feel hard done by not being on the list, and McCrory is on the list. Right, next up
0: is a player I originally had at number six. But I dropped to nine, uh, basically because of what I said earlier. The other guys just had too much more Scottish football credit for me for this player to go ahead of them. Which Jake Doyle Hayes. Okay. So i had up number six because, God, fuck, this guy can do just about everything. Uh, he's great at making himself uh, for the... He does a good thing of a defensive midfielder and that he's not just somebody who's there to, to break up play. Something that he does pretty well. He, he's decent for interceptions. He's good at winning the ball back for his team. Uh, very good at winning the ball back, in fact. So he does the job of defensive midfielder. He doesn't look like one because he's quite a slight and small player and you'd think he'd be easily bullied. But I think he's quite tena- uh, tenacious. But also he's good at being the guy who who gets attacks going as well, like somebody who demands the ball from teammates, moves the ball around the pitch, gives it to the, the players further forward to let them do their stuff. Somebody who can pass the ball, he passes the ball quite a lot. I think he's in the top 30 in the league for for passes attempted. And for those who don't really know, when you're kind of looking at that stuff, most of the time, like half the list is basically like Rangers and Celtic players because they have the ball all the time. So for somebody in a bottom six team, a defensive midfielder in a bottom six team to have that amount of passes is very impressive. And he passes the ball accurately as well. So not only is he high usage, he also does well when he when he's given the ball to teammates. And he can run with the ball forward as well. He's he can maneuver around players occasionally. There's so much kind of strings to his bow, and at 21 years old, can understand why he's not at first about signing a new contract to Samarin. With all due respect to Samarin, because you have to be thinking with with his the season he's had at this level and the ages that he could be looking at, at you know, signing a, a deal that would get him a lot more money. And he was in English football before, like you. I'd love to see him stay, but I think if his agent. Uh, his age it will be handing around all these you know stats about him that are just showing that he's like amongst elite level uh, the Scottish football level and with his age I can imagine that I mean I doubt because it's because it's St Mirren and they don't have as high a profile I'd be surprised if a championship team would come calling but I'd I'd certainly think that a good sized League One club would be in for him and be willing to pay him you know three times as much as he earns uh, at St Mirren
1: That's a Yeah, I was I was looking forward to hearing what you had had to say about about Jake Doyle. He's, you've probably seen a lot more of his uh, better games uh, than I have. But would actually this is there? Um, have you been? Have you found him to be inconsistent at times, or has he been? a, a kind of a, a player for submitting who is almost Mister Consistency.
0: Eh, yeah, maybe a little bit of inconsistency, but it's kind of Samarin a bit of boo, but like like that. A lot of this, I mean well, they started off pretty consistent in terms of being rubbish and then they were kind of very consistently good. And since then they've kind of been a weave it up and down, maybe he's played a part in that. But Samirin's kind of ascension, if you can yeah, it was still an ascension because I mean they were bottom early in the season. Yeah. That that kind of started with with him coming into the team. And there was a while where they didn't lose for for him and the side. I think there was <laughs> there was one match that they lost where he missed it, and then there was another couple of games where he came back, they were undefeated again, and then eventually they lost because well, it's some
1: it was weird. Once the St Mirren when they had that, like uh, when they went on that like really good run, and it was almost like uh, the, the, it was it was a run that went under the radar. Certainly for me, um, hold my hands up and like i probably didn't pay uh, as much attention to to it as uh, as I should. But you look at how Goodwin has, as the season's gone on, tweaked his team and changed it. And again, uh, Jake Del Hayes' like I said, is key to that because. You look at the, the team last season. It was uh, basically Sam. Sam Foley was key to that. He was almost um, he was basically just uh, not shown the door, but kind of edged edged out if they wanted a bit more energy, but a bit more youth. And Jado, he's uh, brought that. They they signed the boy. Was it Sharon or Sheeran? And and mind watching him. And uh, is it Nathan? Uh, yeah, I mind watching him for one of our scout things, and he, he was another kind of experienced um, ish midfielder, but he, he, he lacked mobility. So then he was rubbish. Yeah, and you could see you could see that when he was gone to the Premiership, he just he couldn't influence games uh, the way that obviously Goodwin uh, in, intended to. And again, they went with um, a more vibrant and interesting, exciting style. Who's your number nine then? My number nine is Joe Newell. Oh, I've got him higher. Yes, so again, Joe Newell is in here because I think I watch him and I can see why I can see why Hibs fans really, really like him because I don't know. There's 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 types of players who, when they get in possession of the ball, it just looks like they're meant to be in possession of the ball. They just look, they just look so so at ease. And Joe Newell is that he is technically he is absolutely superb. Obviously, it helps with his left foot is is wonderful here and is uh, and his, his handsome looks. But he is a uh, a very very good footballer who I think when you actually look just just having a glance at wide scout He's 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 not a player that you can really just look at and um like the stats jump off the page but it's it's more about just his um it's more about as when you watch as a fan you watch regularly you just see this player who who directs who directs games who is key for the ball going through and i think that that's that's what new les is, is i think um I think Porches talked about it when we when when we interviewed him is that having that player in the midfield you can give the ball to and trust and he always makes himself uh, an option that's that's something really can't, stats can't really uh, tell you much about certain the ones we have access to and I think he has he's brought that kind of uh, composure direction to Hibbs. the only thing I would say is I the thing i asked you about uh Doyle Hoyes times I've I've watched him, I've I thought his um, reputation as maybe um, being too high, it's uh, too high from Hibs fans. I think they got uh, maybe too excited about about him. But yeah, I do think he is. He's a lovely, lovely football, lovely, lovely football player.
0: I'll wax lyrical about him later because I've gotten quite a few places higher than you. So I'll go on to my number eight, and my number eight is another St Johnson midfielder. It is Ali McCann. I have got him.
1: Um, let's see. Um, first. Okay, I've. Sorry? <laughs> You've got him first. <laughs> no, I've got him one place high. i just, him, ab- just above seven. a dolphin <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. Uh, if it was a top 12 of my favourite, then yes, it would be. But no, I've, I've got him seventh. It's quite, uh, something
0: a bit funny about Ali McCann in that Callum Davidson came in at the start of the season and was criticised for St. Johnston fans for kind of taking, kind of putting the stabiliser on on McKenna a little bit in terms of the fact that he was kind of sitting a bit more than he had been, not charging forward as much, not supporting the attack as much. That eventually uh, was tweaked. Uh, he was he was kind of given the the freedom to to get off the leash again. That's that's the that's the analogy I should have used leash, not uh, stabilizers. Uh, he was he was allowed off the leash a bit more, and he's play certainly picked up since then. But the funny thing about him is that. While well, he does contribute on the attacking end ways energy and stuff he doesn't he's not somebody who you know makes a lot of insightful passes he doesn't score too many goals he doesn't have too many shots he doesn't set up too many chances for for teammates uh, he doesn't run with a ball that he, he can run with the ball but he maybe he could do it a wee bit more uh, especially with the kind of energy he's got and the things that really stand out about him are a lot of his kind of defensive qualities see how tenacious he is i think he's one of the highest players in the league for contested defensive duels. He, he loves to get stuck in. He's great at winning the ball back. And you saw that. A uh, perfect example of that was a recent game against Rangers in the Scottish Cup where he, he was just excellent at continually breaking up position and just smothering uh, Rangers midfielders whenever they, they try to play the ball through. But he just doesn't seem to... He seems to suit it, kind of being able to go up and down rather than kind of sitting. Maybe it's just that his natural kind of energy... Um, brings out the best in him and brings out the best in those qualities rather than kind of having the game in front of him. He's somebody who probably thrives on the chaos. But the reason I didn't have him... Well, to be fair, you've only got him one place higher, but the reason yeah. he's not like breaking the top six is just a wee bit more to go in that attack in the end. But he's certainly shown the qualities that, that he can certainly develop into that player.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with, I agree with a lot of that. I do think it's... Interesting to see how how he develops as a midfielder. Whether it's at St Johnston next season, I don't think it will be. I think he might be. I think it might move on uh, to see whoever's like signs him where they where they see him. Because I remember when he broke into the team, Tommy Wright talked about as uh, I think when he was uh, when he played in academy football, he was more of a ten or certainly more of a, an attacking eight. And he came in and made his debut. Well, one, I don't know if it was his debut or one of his first starts. He played as a six. Yeah, he played as a six at Hibs Easter Road, and he was he was he was very very good. Yeah, he spread to play really well, supported to play really well, and I just worry about McCann is that he's good at a lot of things, and whether he'll be able to. Be played consistently in a, a midfield role, which will allow him to um, really how how do you put this really um, uh, really refine and uh, sp- uh, particular skills or facets of his play, which make him become even better in that role mm-hmm. and one of the like the best in that role, rather than being kind of jack of all trades midfielder. And I think that's what. It's great to watch him at the moment. I think he signed uh, um, called it called it perfectly there when he says he embraces the chaos and uh, he's, he's really good at um, as a chaotic midfielder. I just like would I like to see his numbers in terms of his productivity in the final third be a bit better. Yes, but then you would be looking at him as a potential uh, attacking midfielder. So I just my my concern from is that he just straddles different midfield roles. Um, but again. I, I, I adore him. I think he's a cracker wee player.
0: Right. So he's your number seven. Who's your number eight? Lewis Ferguson. Ah, I've got him number
1: seven. So this works out perfectly. No, oh, nice. Yeah, but Ferguson, I had to be in there again. He has, it's not a spectacular season. No. Uh, wanted more from him, to be honest. I think he, there's. he had, again, like, uh, McCrory, he had a, a purple patch when he was coming up with uh, big goals uh, I remember talking about took him up as being um, providing um, what are those what are those moments in basketball or American sports that uh, oh here
0: we go <laughs> 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 uh, that comes, what, are they,
1: what are they called where they like they, they cover trumps in big moments or uh, come up the game? clutch clutch baby clutch clutch moments there we go and uh, get him ambassadors for using that using that term and he did he was he was that he was that type of player for Aberdeen um, certainly early in the the season I'm not sure since he's uh, since he's moved to Pataudry I don't think he's put like a he's had a really consistent campaign he's always seems to go from um, kind of peaks maybe not quite troughs but um, peaks back to the middle and uh, not quite not quite not quite all the way down and <laughs> medium peaks and lesser peaks. <laughs> yeah. I I, I I would like just I would I would like him to be uh, more consistent because look, look at I look at Alan McCann and I do think he is um he, he's a lot more consistent than Ferguson. You you know what you're gonna get from him um, on a more regular basis. Whereas uh whereas Ferguson, when he's on his game, again we've seen he's got so much talent. He's got yeah. so much talent that um again he's 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 someone who have um, Been slightly disappointed. He should be, for me, challenging um, the person who I've got in like six for uh, fifth or six.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think Ferguson uh, should be ch- challenging for a top five place, and I didn't really consider him for a top five place because he's not had a particularly great campaign. Uh, to be fair, by standards he set himself, uh, something's uh, the reason I've got higher in McCann. Uh, consistency is maybe a, a, yeah maybe a fair point and McCann certainly probably be more consistent this season uh, but then again he did have that poor patch so he's been he's been cons- <laughs> he's not gone up and down he's just going, he had a poor patch and then he's been good <laughs> Ferguson's <laughs> maybe a maybe more up and down so maybe it's evened out over the piece but Ferguson just adds that a little bit more I think as an attacking player uh, he's he's certainly better at, at taking the ball like I said McCann should do this more often but Ferguson certainly does take the ball more from A to B he's he's um, in terms of uh, what they call progressive runs, which I think is kind of generally defined as taking the ball like thirty yards up the park uh, by yourself, mm. uh, Ferguson does that more than any player outside of the old firm. Uh, this uh, seat, well, for any um, like
1: central midfielder that I, I looked at for this, which was about twenty-five yeah, yeah. players. i sorry, I, I did, I, I did. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that is something I, I should have said about Ferguson. That's that's something I really like in a midfielder, midfielder, especially when we're talking about the type of midfielders we have on this list.
0: And another thing I like about him as well is he always makes himself kind of available for a pass, uh, even though you don't kind of see him as that, that type of player. Uh, somebody who plays with a lot of confidence. Uh, and also as well, similar to McCann, somebody who's very tenacious as well, uh, leads the league, I'm pretty sure, in, in fouls that he's won. And I think he's also like top three in fouls,
1: give away. So <laughs>
0: he likes he likes the battling side of the game. Yes,
1: he does. He's, he's great. At, um, he is... He gets in the uh, the mix of this shit. He's he's a, he's a, he's like a pig in shit. He just he, he loves it. He just laughs, <laughs> up. Uh, and the thing is, though, he's like when when in, on either side he gets angry when he gets fouled, he's angry at the referee because he'd fouled, and when he fouls, he's angry at the referee because he's the referee's given an foul against him. And I do like that. I do like the player just constantly angry no matter what the situation.
0: He's very much like his uncle, uh, permanently torn faced pus. Yes. <laughs> Right, my number six is Jackson Irvin of Hibs. So oh, okay, I've I've, I've got, uh, got slightly him higher. slightly higher. Right, uh, Irvin is it's, it's just it's it's just basically how much that I've liked this other player that's ahead of him, which should be uh, fairly apparent if you've been listening so far. Yes, <laughs> but irvin has been great since he got it at Hibs. There was a real. Feeling of trepidation, uh, mainly amongst Tony. But I, I saw other Hibs fans could have complaining about it as well. A feeling that they were signing a player on a short-term deal just to get him fit, and then he was going to piss off. But even Jackson Irvine, not even fit, is still a very good player. And that's why I should maybe have him higher. It's just that from judging the kind of... like He's only been here since January. From judging him against this other player, I still kind of rate this other player a little bit higher and what he's done. Okay, the other player's Joe Neal. I'm mean, yeah. rating, Joe, rating Joe Neal just a little bit higher uh, in terms of it, what he's kind of bringing to this Hibs team and what they've been like in the teams together. And Irvin's been excellent. Well, I think he's also had some kind of poor games. we will talk about inconsistently. I think he has been inconsistent at times, Jackson Irvin, for Hibs. I think that's to do with his lack of fitness and the fact that he's joined the team mid-season. That's not... Uh, and we've seen him in Scottish football before, know how good a player he is. So maybe I should have him higher. But I was, I was maybe kind of... Swayed by the recent game, it, you can't help but even like looking at all these, reading what fans say, look at all the stats. It can't help but be swayed a little bit by what I saw in the flesh. And the last game I saw was Hibs against Motherwell, and Irvin was pish. <laughs> in my opinion, he was one of the worst players in the park. One of the worst games I've seen him have since he was a killing player. Uh, but he's obviously been good for Hibs. He's it he, he takes a lot of chances, Irvin And I think you need that. And I think he fits very well in it. that Hibbs that Hibs midfield three. The balance of it is incredible because you've yeah. got you've got Gogic, the guy who just cares about doing the defensive jobs and, and can just give the ball to the other. Great at winning the ball back for points, giving it to the other guys. Newell can do a wee bit of that defensive work. Not great at it, but can do a little bit. But mainly, he's somebody who will control control the game from, can, uh, can do it from deeper areas, but can also do it more advanced, can take the ball forward, can, can create opportunities for his teammates. It's brilliant at passing the ball, demands the ball all the time. Uh, and you've got somebody like Irvin, who is kind of the more advanced of them. Somebody who he tries—I think he's tried the most amount of through balls per ninety minutes in the league. And I think his accuracy for them is something like second. It's 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 one of it's one way about. It's either like he's, mm. he's first for one and second for the other. camera, which is which. But that means that he also gives the ball away an awful lot of, of the kind of players I looked at. I think he gave the ball away the most but that means that he's trying things in the final third and that's kind of what you want him to do and yeah, he's, obviously, he's, he's obviously great at charging up and down the park as well and it's, it's always good to see him like a, a thoroughbred in, in full in full flight Are the horse is going full flight
1: <laughs> full stride yeah stride. Full, i think full flight uh, full flight i think you can get away with that okay yeah the the the, 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 the key the stat that uh, stood out for me with say uh, with irvin was uh he's one of the uh, most frequent for key passes, I think it's zero point seven one per per ninety minutes. I don't. Why is it, Basically, key passes are meant to be um, chances create. Uh, chances yeah. created. Um, and I mean as well, I've got I've got Irvin FF, F- so I'll, I'll talk about him just now. That when. I kind of go back a bit when Hibbs signed him. I was raging because uh, I really like him. I think he's a great player. He seems like a cool guy. I know he's playing for Hibbs, but you can still still really appreciate just just how how much of a class act he is. And he, he kind of it was like a wee bit like Dockerty last season when he signed for Hibbs mid midbury through the campaign, and that I, there was. Kind of aspects of his game that I didn't really probably didn't appreciate as much when he was at Kelly and he improved at Kelly and then went to Ross County, he was excellent at Ross County. Is his uh, willingness to play, like you said, the through ball, his uh, willingness to take chances, his creativity in the final third. I, again, I was I, what I loved about Jackson Irvine was his. Um, Another player who can embrace the chaos. He can just pick up on second balls, drive the ball forward. You he just—he was uh, He's the type of player that uh, grabs the, the, the game by the scruff of the neck. But then these technical qualities have really stood out for me at Hibs. And you look at Scott Allen coming back. Imagine Scott Allen and Jackson Irvin in the same field just playing free balls constantly. Because <laughs> you actually look at this. You see if, this boil, uh, if they sold Boyle and played a 4 4 diamond. That diamond would have quite a bit of... Uh,
0: Balance in it. They Sell them this bit in Dodge. or keep Dodge the backup. Of course,
1: need. yeah. You want Boyle to run on the run running exactly. the through
0: balls. Yeah, just just play like a ranger style, like almost like Christmas tree with two number tens. Just have them playing through balls constantly. You there you go. The only the only the only thing the opposition could do is not attack all game and hope it finishes nil nil. <laughs>
1: So you, you have Boyle and attack uh, Irvin and Allen behind him. So you've got Gogic and Newell. Does that mean we'll just bring Stevie Mallon back into it just for the long-range shoot? <laughs> just, just,
0: just for a laugh. Nah, they're probably better with Scott Martin back for that team.
1: True. But no, Jackson Irvin, I, I've, I just think he is a, a fabulous player. Walked past him the other day in Edinburgh and he's a big laddie, but he's just just a big um, big tree. He, he does not like a... <laughs> He's not got like a, a lot of uh, what you call just like sheer muscle, but he just seems yeah. a, a very a very cool guy and a very uh, cool football player. Who yeah, I understand that probably Newell's been a bit more, uh, definitely been more influential um, across across the season. But in terms of talent. Yeah. Irving all day for me.
0: I think that's why I'm always kind of regretting my Irvin behind Newell one now because I didn't. I'm kind of looking back at my notes now. Newell is a wee bit worse for some of the defensive aspects of the game than I kind of had remembered. Uh, so yeah, maybe I should have had him uh, just behind. Uh, but it's just the fact that I think it was kind of swayed over by the fact he's a guy that kind of dixta- dictate dictates games for mm-hmm. the team that are in third place. Yeah. I was going to say undeniably it's The third best team this season They're only like 3 points that They haven't, haven't even been pushed So I don't know how much credit I'm going to give them Hibs are weird Because they've just had So many impressive results And there's been other times Especially Easter Road When they've just been Like really average It's, it's weird It's a weird Hibs team this season
1: I am not the saying anything that's usually weird I'm not saying anything Until the Scottish Cup is done
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, That's another one you got two Hibs, spectacular Hibs in it And they still might win The Scottish Cup This, this is a very weird season Yes Right, um, right. We're in the top four now. No, no, you have, you have, you've not got my number six. Oh, do I not? Right, sorry. Which is
1: Hakim Madoffin?
0: Oh yeah, of course, of course. Right, sorry, sorry. I was getting a bit concerned there that we're going to have another fuck up. <laughs> uh, right, okay. Now it makes sense.
1: Yeah. So yeah, Hakim Adolfan, Just because you, you um, I think Arvin was your. Arvin was your number six, and he was my number five. So yeah, yeah you know, my five. Around, you. Yeah, around. we've kind
0: of fucked around with this order a wee bit.
1: So Dauphin, uh, genuinely, genuinely uh, half an hour before we recorded this, Hakim with Dolphin was sitting at number one uh, for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, Joe, don't be so fucking stupid. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I switched it and uh, put him in a place where he... Is uh, realistic.
0: Right. Well, is, he might be. He might be number six in your chart. He might be number ten. in might be he's number one in our hearts.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's that's a reason he was. Uh, that's a reason he was uh, put up number one. He's just. He's been my, probably my favorite player this season. I just really enjoyed watching him, and I can understand why you had him so low. But I think you have to take into account just what Scottish football is is about, especially midfield midfield battles, and especially for Hamilton, and especially down at the bottom. And Hacking Madoffin is, is probably the reason that they're still in there with a chance. You can obviously say Callahan's goals, etc., but that has moved to center midfield Field has has really helped him. He's just he's just constantly putting out fires, and there's a shitload of fires in the, uh, in the in the Hamilton team which he's having to deal with. He just when you watch him, he I just he, he just transfixes you because he's everywhere. Probably my he, he's probably had the my favorite individual performance i think it was at Mullerwell when Hamilton scudded him and he was doing his like zidane turns and he's his back heels and he was he was he was just he was doing everything that day and on his day i think he ha- he has that capability of being a bit more progressive uh, going from midfield into the final third but defensively he's just he's just great he just gets in the road he wins second balls he blocks shots he, he intercepts he tackles he headers he do, he does all the all the nitty gritty what you need in, in, in Scottish Premiership
0: One one thing he's good at in a sense of not necessarily uh, like not something that's off the ball is that he, he's quite good under pressure he's quite good at moving around if he gets caught in a tight space he can beat somebody that kind of goes back to his kind of time uh, playing for Hamilton uh, sorry playing for Livingston and he's done it I'm thinking of Hamilton a couple of times this season uh, when he was like a right back and that's what kind of he was seen when mm-hmm. Aki's first signed him but and then he played centre half and he was he was good at centre-half at the start of the season. He still thought he was maybe a wee bit rash and would maybe a little too happily leave his position and leave gaps at the back in order to attack the ball. And obviously that's part of his style, but obviously that style is, is much better suited to the, the centre of the park where you can attack the ball without leaving a huge hole that the other you know, team centre-forward can just drive through and score. Right, so we're into the top four now. Have you done yeah. the same as me? Have you got a Celtic player and then three Rangers players? Yes, <laughs> right. Number four, Callum McGregor.
1: Oh, I've. Um, oh, I have. Uh, I've, I've, split them. I've put Callum McGregor as uh, my, my, as my number three.
0: Okay, right. I've got my number four is Callum McGregor. Uh, so who have you got at three? Ryan Jack. Oh wow! Right, okay. Um,
1: I'm going to shock you now. I've got Ryan Jack at number one. You know what I I, I mean I'm I, I don't mind that at all I I've 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 split the three rangers I've split the three free rangers in midfielder just because Callum McGregor who I think he's he's had a disappointing season I've been really really disappointed I mean it's like really uh, I've taken it really personally I would be really disappointed with you Callum you've <laughs> let me down big time but no I think he is someone other than Davis who uh, because of what Davis has done in Scottish football before his his, his previous has probably has, has saved him and kept him in the top three, uh, and he's still. I think he's still really important to Celtic. When when he plays well, Celtic play well. He does does a lot of uh, a lot of good things for uh, for Celtic, and he is another. If we got offered offered these players, he would be. Um, he would. I would. I would pick him ahead of Ryan Jack. But you know what? I can completely understand why you had Ryan Jack number one. And my dilemma was such that I went to a Rangers fan with my with my three Rangers players and said, "This is how I've. This is how I've separated them. Uh, would you agree?" And um, I got. I got the backing for it. So oh, no. uh, Ryan Ryan Jack is Ryan Jack is uh, number number four for me. So Ryan Jack is he has done a hell of a lot better for Rangers than I ever thought he was going to do yes. when he went uh, when he came from Aberdeen. And the fact that Steven Gerrard has spoke so positively about him, uh, I mean, means means a hell of a lot. He's coming to Scotland and he's actually... One thing was that was kind of weighing on my mind is because he has been so influential for Scotland, whereas Cal McGregor has continued to be shit for, for, uh, for Scotland, to want a better, um, better word. Again, it's about the premiership and Ryan Jack, I just think. When you look at actually look at his stats, his stats are incredible. Just in terms of everything he does and putting the ball into the final third, progressive passes, deep completions, all these stuff that he he progresses the ball so well, he passes the ball so accurately, he reads the game so well. He's such a smart player, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because it's Ryan Jack and that is there's not a, there's not a sexiness about him and that <laughs> he's, he's he's dropped down the list for me. But I, I can completely understand why you haven't have him, have, uh, have him higher up than me.
0: I think he's had, uh, he's certainly had a better season. I definitely haven't hired McGregor. Um, I can understand why you've got the two other Rangers players ahead of him, because I think the two other Rangers players have had better seasons than him. Uh, But just as a kind of overall thing, if I was, if you were picking me which one of them I'd want for a team in Scotland uh, tomorrow, uh, and I'll clarify that a bit more uh, when we come to another player then I would, I would pick Ryan Jack out of a lot of them. And I think the reason he's not had as good a season as well is I think his season, unlike Kamara and Davis, is not being interrupted by injuries as much. And I think that's going kind to of made it a bit more stop-start for him. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's necessarily his fault, and therefore i would say not to punish him for it. Yeah, his just... And also, as well, I think it was just... I think maybe just a little tweak to the Rangers team has meant that his kind of position in it has been that just that little bit less vital than it was maybe last season. And, But he's just like, he, he's, he's passing excellent, not just in terms of being the guy who's like, because we always knew he was the player who would sit kind of the deepest in the midfield, ask for the ball, and, and, and then kind of, you know, be the guy who kind of sets the tempo. That deep line playmaker gets set, gets the team, yeah, sets the tempo is exactly the way I, just to, to put that. But then he's got to Rangers. He's been asked to do a bit more kind of work as a number eight, and he's been brilliant at that as well. He's the, the kind of goals that he added to his game a little bit last season have kind of dried up a bit and that can maybe go against him. But then there's not really anybody in this list that's any sort of regular goal scorer, um, especially this season, with, with McGregor having a poor campaign in, in terms of that. But he's he's passing to the final third. He's forward passing, which I think is a kind of key one. It is is excellent. He's And he's very good as well at... Very good as well at kind of moving with the ball. He can he can move around opponents and also he's he's very good at winning the ball back as well. Uh something that I think he's better than both his teammates and certainly better than, than Glenn Kamara. He's he's a better he's a better defensive player than Glenn Kamara. I think with the for me, the kind of big thing was between him and Davis. So I wouldn't argue with Davis at number one. Um but I would argue Kamara. Let's see what we get when we get to them. We're just basically talking about all of them at once now. Uh, so, McGregor and right. So, you've got McGregor. Sorry, I've got McGregor. You've got Jack at four. And it's so yeah. So, you've got Jack at four, McGregor at three. I have it the other way around. So, who's your number two? Wait, my number two is uh, Glenn Kamara. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not paid off for that. But, uh, you don't have... Well, I would have, I would have Jack above Kamara. Uh, but, I mean, Kamara, Kamara to me stands out the most on the European stage where his incredible poise on the football really comes to the fore and helps Rangers play against these teams and compete against these teams like Benfica, like Porto, was it last year? Where they just yeah, have, Porto last year, yeah. Where they just should have no business like dictating as much of the play and like going at the opposition and controlling the ball as much as they do. And he's a huge reason for that. I think sometimes in Scottish football, his impact is a little bit more blunted because... He's got better. at This uh, you just said this earlier in the season when we were talking about him on the on the on the TV show. He's definitely got better at getting forward a lot more this year. You can just see it. Like you don't even have to look at stats or whatever in terms of touches in the box. You just see it when you watch games. He's, he's involved a lot more in the final third than he used to be, mm. and that's obviously been encouraged out of him uh, with with the with, you know with Gerard and his staff. But I just reckon there's a lot of games in Scottish football. Where his ability to to get the ball in tight areas and to find a teammate just isn't as required as the skills of Davis. Davis sitting as the quarterback in front of the back four just dictating everything, and Jack just has Jack to me just suits the Scottish game a bit more.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, with that to, to say, I think Kamara Kamara's gone up and gone up another level this this season with his. Uh, yeah. A wee bit more, wee bit more consistency. Uh, his, his his pass, um, he's, he's been a bit more, like a, he's, he's probably been a bit more uh, progressive, a bit more confident with his uh, w- with his passing. He's wanting to be more influential. That's probably the best way to way to talk about. It. He's, he's been more influ- influential. And out of the three, I think he's got the got that obviously got the highest ceiling. I mean, he's the youngest, he, he's the youngest, and he's, there's still a lot more to come from him. He's a player that. Of the of the three Rangers players, if I was asked which player I would like to watch, he is the the player I want to. Watch. He's just a, such a fun player that that I think he can. Yeah, he's not the not an ignitty, a, uh, like a, a gritty defensive player, but I think he is. He's, he's improved in terms of his pressing, which is key for key for Rangers. Uh, but his ability to get the ball from A to a- a- B is so good he can dribble with the ball he can take it in tight areas he's got real confidence in in, in, in his ability and he is finally starting to um, add a bit more attacking threat, uh, attacking threat to him. not not necessarily in terms of goals and assists but just getting the ball into better attacking areas
0: Cool so we should probably just finish we've got of cover them all haven't we so we'll yeah. just finish talking about Davis really
1: just so good, just so, so consistent. Uh, it just someone who never seems like he's, uh, like he's breaking, uh, he's like he breaks a sweat. It just everything seems so easy, uh, so easy for him. I mean, as in terms, one thing I really do like about him is his, his kind of, his longer passing. Is his longer passing ability to drop the ball in behind defenders or just uh, get out to the wings? And he's got a really good success rate, nearly sixty, over sixty percent, with uh, those those longer passes. He gets the ball into into the final line. and he's he's actually quite good at running with the ball as well. Um, I think he's really obviously he's not the most dynamic, he's not the quickest, but I think he's really intelligent with the way he carries the ball. Um, his he's, he's balance is balances excellent, and he just he's just a proper football player I think it says just about anything
0: you need to know about Stephen Davis's consistency and how just in just about every single game he's kind of set the table for that Rangers team that you've got a right back who scored 18 goals you've got a goalkeeper Alan McGregor who in himself a very good story the fact that he's turning 40 soon and he uh, is on an undefeated team He's conceded 13 goals all season, um, on with another player in front of him and Conor Golson, who's on a team who's conceded 30 goals all season as a centre back and played and, just
1: about every minute,
0: yeah, and played just about every minute. And yet, I still, I actually think the player of the year might be Stephen Davis. Like, I think that just says everything,
1: yeah. I mean, he just at his age is uh the amount of caps he's, he's still playing like what well, he's not I don't think he's retired yet he's, is he still playing international football or he, he certainly um, broke records with uh, I think uh, with, with Northern Ireland I think he's still um, playing he's still playing and he still does it on uh, no matter the stage he, he's there and he's, he's just a player who is hugely reliable he can't fault his experiences when you talk about uh, like Rangers transformation on the Gerrard him and McGregor and key because they've been there and done it they understand what is required at that level uh, uh, that intensity at Ibrox. A lot of the players there they're playing with don't. Um, and I think they've been, it's key for them to kind of uh, drum in. Just, 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 he's just a good player. Just a very, very good player.
0: Right. So I've got, a, I've come up with a list here. See if we can, see if you agree with this. Uh, we can, we can argue about it. I've still got one rock, paper, scissors to do later on though. So, okay. <laughs> tradition is tradition. <laughs> so, number 12. So, I've so, we're basically, we didn't have an awful lot of variants. Uh, we should probably mention some of the guys
1: that left off this list. Um, Alan Campbell. Alan Campbell, uh, yes. Uh, I, like you, I um, I contacted Graham Phyllis because I needed a second a second opinion, needing a will opinion. Uh, so, I don't do that. I don't do that often. Get, um, uh, and so, basically, I got in touch with a Rangers fan just because it was so hard to separate the three. Uh, whereas, um, in terms of actually putting folk in 12 and in top 12, don't really usually con- uh, contact, but it was just, it was difficult because Campbell is someone that we like, I really like at the podcast. And I just think he has been, despite what he's done previously, I just think he's been too inconsistent this season to merit a place.
0: Excellent start to the season in August and September. I think he started out, he started on the subs bench weirdly enough, I and mean, then he came into the team was really yeah. good. Since about October time, I think he's had a pretty poor season. I think there's reasons for that. I think mainly it's the fact that he knows he's away this summer And that's maybe playing on his mind uh, Or at least kind of Doing something to make sure he's not playing at his best But it's just He's been quite, he's been disappointed in a lot of ways Like if you think of the player Like when he first burst into the middle of the team The guy who was like Just like piling himself in it and all action And there's just so many games this season Where he's just been like Meh And that's something I don't mm-hmm. think I'd say about Alan Campbell Which again maybe goes to the fact that he's a little bit distracted. But he didn't play well enough. He didn't play well enough for me. For it Had he been included in my top 12, it, top 12, it would have been on legacy yeah. only. And I've done it with other positions. Uh, but in terms of the competition for these midfielder spots, I couldn't really do it in good conscience. I thought about Jason Holt, who I think had a really good season for for Livingston. Uh, somebody who's... Somebody who kind of does similar to the kind of players I had a wee bit further up, somebody who can do a little bit, he's decent with the possession, he's somebody who's always been very kind of, played with a lot of composure on the football, but uh, since this kind of latter part of his career, as he's kind of gone to being more of a sitting player, he's become a lot more, kind of, he's kind of embraced the battling game more. Somebody kind of similar to Jake Dalhuis and that he's slight, but he, he doesn't mind getting stuck in. And I think he's been, I think he's probably been Livingston's best centre midfielder this season, ahead of Marvin Bartley and, and Craig Sibold. And the last guy I considered, and very much considered, he was very close to making it. And I think, I, 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 yeah, I just went over Gogic in the end, was Jando Fuchs at Dundee United. Somebody who um does... Again, similar kind of things for number eight, up and down player. Uh, up, when I say up and down, I mean in terms of all action. The reason I just had Gogic over him is that Fuchs gives away a lot of fouls, gives away the ball a lot, a lot of cheaply as well, which can kind of put you into trouble a bit. And I don't know; it's just hard to reward the study team this season.
1: Yeah, I found only, when I saw when when I was going through the different teams and uh, putting all the players. I think worthy of have uh, mentioned, Fuchs is the only one that really considered from uh, United, and he's probably just just didn't have enough. Um, but perhaps didn't have enough. Uh... Oh, great! Just seeing the dog be sick. perhaps bro <laughs> 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 Um He just, he probably just didn't have uh, enough. Uh, 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 what's, what's, what's the kind of phrase I'm looking for? Kind of enough game time to uh, compare to compare yeah. to others. The other right. one was uh, Aaron uh, D'Shpola, who he's, I... just, he's fallen out of it a bit. Yeah, exactly. Moment. That's that's the reason. That's the reason I didn't bother because he basically fallen out, fallen out of favour.
0: On a team that's not... And also, the other guys there, like Dicker and Power mainstays of this team in the, in this list in the past, just passed it, really, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Right, uh, okay, let's see if we can get this definitive number 12 before you go clear up dog sick. Uh, right, I have... Right, 12, so I've, I've, I've patched McCrory. You all right with that?
1: Yeah, that's fine, that's fine.
0: Uh, number 12, have got Alex Gogic. So, number 11 is Liam Craig. Number 10 is Jake Doyle Hayes. Number 9, Ali McCann. Number 8, Lewis Ferguson. Number 7... Haki Madoffin, uh, number six, John Joe. <laughs> number, <laughs> number five, Jackson Irvin. Number four, Cal McGregor. Number three, uh, it's either Ryan Jack or Glenn Kamara. Number two is either Ryan Jack or Glenn Kamara. So let's get that rock, paper, scissors. I'm Jack. You're Kamara. All right on three. All right one, two, three. Yes, I get it this time. <laughs> so, Kamara is number three. <laughs> I paper beats your a rock. Uh, Kamara is number three, and Ryan Jack is number two, and Stephen Davis is number one. Happy enough with that? Yes, I am. Good list. I enjoyed that. Yes. And I hope you enjoyed it as well if you're listening. Uh, be sure to check out the Patreon. The the £2 one uh, that will usually goes along with this podcast will be Tony and Tom previewing the Scottish Cup semi-final, so you will to listen to that, especially since Tony's recommendation on a bet builder for the League Cup final the last time we had done this with Craig Anderson came in. So... If you're, a, if you're a betting person, then it's, good to, it's kind of quite good to listen to Tony. He's a jammy fuck when it comes to that kind of stuff. Or he knows what he's talking about. I'd rather just call him a jammy fuck, though. Uh, you can check that out at uh, Terrace Podcast. No, that's not it. You can check that out at patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast. Joel, say goodbye. Goodbye. And I'm Craig Feather saying goodbye. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.